I take her out real quick just to see if what's she up, five fans. Welcome to the UFC Wichita UFC on ESPN Plus Four post fight show brought to you by SB Nation MMA, which includes bloodyelbow.com and MMAmania.com. I'm your host, as always, Flying Brian J, and joining me as usual is the Zane Simon, hopefully going to bring uh, the positivity to this post-fight show as we recap. For some reason, the UFC taking a couple of Brazilians to Kansas to whoop up on some Americans in front of a crowd that was very, very USA. USA. What do you think, Zane? It's the heartland, so, you know, you're going <laughs> to get a little more of that. I know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was... It was almost... A, it was almost kind of a tragic night, honestly. It was almost... It almost... You know, the UFC, they got these cards like this that... They they kind of underbook. They're not you know they're not pumping a lot of big fights onto them, and that means they kind of ha- they have to be violent. You know you hope they're really violent. You hope Ben Rothwell shows up and does something cool. You hope that Amari Akhmadov or Tim Boach gets a big KO. You hope that Anthony Martin hits a KO or Sergio Marais hits a slick sub or something like that. And this fight, a lot of the people like that that you're kind of hoping will deliver in middle-of-the-road middle fights just did not deliver. But fortunately, it finished on a really strong three-fight note and even with seven decisions, got us in 20 minutes under time for the uh, allotted window, which I, I, can't, I can't complain about the UFC coming in under time on a er- slightly earlier card that is just there to get dudes through contracts. Absolutely. I mean, it's before 10 o'clock my time. We had 13 fights. Uh, it's pretty fantastic. And the last three, like you said, ended really well. Eddie, bring that positivity. What did you think about this card? Give us your What's overall. up, bro, Sevs? Um, <laughs> I think the card started kind of boring, honestly. Oh, yeah. Everybody does. So many just decisions and just, like, fights where nothing was fucking happening. Like, they were so sticky and just, like, so will someone land a significant strike, please? Yeah. And, and like, it's it, it, I was watching this card with someone who has never watched a full MMA mm. match in their entire life. I know. Yeah, and I, I felt like, bad. They're not going to watch it again, are they? <laughs> well, they will oh, okay. because they love me. Oh, good. But, okay. Uh, probably not on their own, though. Yeah. So, like, wow. this was a terrible card for someone who's never seen MMA to, like, be like, oh. Like, even they were like, this is boring. Yeah. Like, no. Well, that's, that's kind of the secret behind sports. If you're a hardcore sports fan, is that almost every sport is actually really boring if you don't care about it. Yeah. It's you know we all learn to care about all the little shit where you're like, oh man, you know Sergio Marais almost got that takedown. That was cool. Kind of. If I'm really, if I'm being totally honest here, nah, nah, not really. Nah. Like very, very few cool moments in the entire card. Um, but there were some wow moments. Like there yeah. were definitely some wow factors, and uh, you know, like Nico Price. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, talking about just like finding a way to pull out a victory when like you shouldn't be pulling out a victory. Like no, so impressive would, and fun to watch. Run over after like he he came out of the gate, blitzed means, and then just got totally run over for like three solid minutes before landing that KO. Yeah, that was beautiful. But, like, he has a knack for doing this, though. Like, that Randy Brown knockout. Yeah. Like, yeah. never seen that before. Like, this dude, obviously, he's explosive. And and you have to always be on your P's and Q's when you're fighting this guy. Because he can just end it like that. And yep. from anywhere. So, like, that was probably my shining star. Not to jump ahead, but that was my probably my shining star of the entire card. Is uh, that fight, honestly. 
just yeah it was cool yeah i mean it was four minutes and 50 seconds and i think you we would give it fight of the night it was amazing i mean just last week we gave uh or cody garbrandt versus pedro munoz was a was a one rounder got fight of the night and i think this one was equally as entertaining with the back and forth nature of it yeah Yeah. i can't see what else you would give well the only other thing would be the jds lewis fight just because it it was crazy for as long as it lasted like it too was also just a really wild weird fight but it didn't have nearly as many momentum swings even though jds probably almost got finished like three times in the first round (laughs) and almost finished lewis three times it was exciting it was definitely exciting uh my shining star would be uh easy ds that was absolutely Mm -hmm. amazing and what made it even more impressive in my eyes was that curtis millinder said exactly how the fight was going to go down he said within two minutes uh lsu zaleski's gonna shoot a takedown on me but i'm not gonna let him and he was wrong (laughs) yeah that's that's all on millinder like he'd been looking so composed recently he'd been looking so like slick and careful about his range and all that and the real thing is, is that Zaleski just came out and tagged him with like a hard overhand and a or hard left hook and a hard body kick right out of the gate. And Millinder was just like, oh, I got to get this back. And he tried to come forward and like swing wild on Zaleski and he just swung right into an easy takedown. And then we've all seen that Millinder's game off his back is bad. And that was just long not, you know, just counting the seconds at that point. Yeah, I love Zaleski though. Like this yeah. dude is, is fun shit. Like he's tough. He can bang it out with you. He can take a shot. He can deliver not fancy knockout strikes. Like he's got these capoeira kicks. You know, he's just fun. And, you know, he's smart. He's like, oh yeah. shit, Curtis Millinder, he's tall. He likes to knock fools out. Bet. I'm going to make him think we're standing. I'm going to take him down. And I'm going to get this easy W, as yeah. I should, being the more complete, the more advanced fighter. Like, super smart i love to see that out of him and i got like he's one of those guys that no matter who he's fighting i'm gonna watch him fight because yeah. he's just violent even though this was a gentle win compared to some of his others it was still pretty he, he ran through curtis millinder speaking of a gentle win i think his next opponent should be the gentleman jen Chiboa, santiago ponzanibio what do you think about that matchup I mean, I'd watch the shit out of it. i watch any... Yeah. I'd fight fucking anybody, honestly. Like, And same thing yeah. with... Same with Zaleski. Yeah. Let him fight Ben Askren. Sure. Shit. Why not? I'll be, I'd will be. i be down for it. Like, these are dudes that I will watch fight anybody at that point. So, yeah. Match them up. Or, you know, somebody suggested the winner of Gunnar Nelson versus uh, Leon Edwards. Like, I'd be 100% down for that. You Dude, know? I'm even cool if he fights Robbie Lawler. Yeah. Shit. Why not? That'd be a ton of fun. Yeah, an absolute oh. ton of fun. He is one of those guys, hashtag would watch every single time he steps in the octagon. Zane, Eddie and I have both given a shining star. Do you want to give your shining star that wasn't something we've already talked about? Uh, or a what well, the fuck? A, a what the fuck I'm going to go. And actually, it's kind of a shining star because really, I got to give so much props to Derek Lewis for the <laughs> doubled over to right hand thing. Like, even if he even knowing he got hurt for real to still have the presence of mind to fake like to make it look like a fake to make jd to draw jds in and know that jds was going to come in and that's his moment to like lunge in and land that huge crushing overhand like it, it was shades of pete sell scott smith yep. yeah back in the day 2006 day. or it just it didn't work out 
Oh, what was, who was it? Terry Martin? Who did? What was it? Who was it? Terry Martin got fucking. Was it, I think he got knocked out in that. And I want to say it might have been. Um, oh damn it! Didn't everybody knock out Terry Martin? Well, <laughs> except for when he was knocking people out. It I was Irvin, Mike, or uh, the Sandman. Is that who who did him in? No, it was Chris Lieben. It's fucking Chris, that Chris Lieben fight. I think he had Chris Lieben hurt and like tried to swarm him, and Lieben mm. just pulled out that punch off his hip to knock him mm. out. That was classic Lieben. Yeah, he was like, "Hey, the painkillers I'm on are stronger than the ones you're on." <laughs> <laughs> Bless yeah. his heart. He's bare knuckle boxing now. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, knocking yeah, out that okay. guy that sent out the dick pic. Who's that guy? What'd you say about no, me? No, <laughs> no, uh, no Chris Lee, when he just knocked out the, the guy that like put the dick pic on Twitter. Phil Baroni? Yeah, Baroni. Yeah, fucking Phil Baroni. Oh, Eddie, I was thinking after Easy DS won, I was like, he is almost as handsome as Ricky Ketchup, man. <laughs> oh, Ricky Ketchup. Oh man, he strikes again. I think he's still my Twitter name right now. No, he I haven't come up with something clever to replace it. So, Ricky Ketchup, it is for the time being. All right. We got any other things to touch on? There wasn't a lot else to go on in this card, and man, I'm bummed that I, I brought a, a, a brand new MMA fan into this shit. Honestly, yeah, it was, this is a hardcore fans card. Like the payoff was all at the top. It was good if you were like. It'd be good if you just like wait, did what I tried to do with my wife, which is just wave her over for the main event and be like, "Yeah, come on, watch this. This fight's yeah. gonna be fun." But you know, everything else is just like, "Nah, you don't want to sit here for this." If they just watched the should... last three, it would have been fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we should mention uh, Anthony Rocco Martin, Tony yeah. Martin. He uh, is looking fucking lights out at welterweight. Like he's looking pretty damn strong, and he's winning fights decisively. You know he's uh he's he's something to watch at at one seventy like one fifty five just didn't serve him well. Yeah, like, this win isn't gonna this win isn't gonna light anybody's fire to see him, but it's a good it's a really good win. It it you know it'll run him into bigger fights. So he looked composed, which is nice, and and it gives me another opportunity to to call him Anthony Rocco's modern life or, or Anthony Rocco's Martin life. <laughs> yeah, did uh, Connor make that up or did you make that? Yeah, up? Yeah, Connor made that okay. up. That's all him. That shit's hilarious. It is hilarious, and I'm never going to stop saying it. But Eddie doesn't <laughs> get it, so he just has to nod. And I dig it. Michael Martin's <laughs> life. It's clever. I'll yeah, allow okay. it. Yeah, okay. I mean, there's still plenty of time I, left I in the evening to watch that show. I, I will never say it, but I... You I already did it. just say it, so... <laughs> you did. I won't repeat it. Okay. I think you absolutely should. But yeah, I, I don't think there's much else that I'd want you guys to touch on. There's not a lot of importance on the fight card. Oh, wait, wait, wait. How oh. can we forget how much... JDS singing "Happy Birthday" was life. Oh yeah, that <laughs> like, was come really on, nice. that was that, really that was the best part of the entire card for me. Yeah, especially because for a minute I I didn't I forgot that they sued to get uh, "Happy Birthday" back in the public domain. Yeah, I was just like, good. no, JDS, no, you're gonna fucking get like they're gonna have to pay <laughs> for this shit, man. <laughs> yeah. It was cool that the crowd sung along, but I had no idea what his kid's name was, and the crowd just kind of paused, and it, it actually kind of worked out for him. He named his kid after a Japanese menu item. Kid's name's Bento. What is Bento? It's it's a style of serving. It's a way of serving food in Japan. So like a Bento box. 
Look at Zane getting fed answers from the couch. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what I have her for. That's why I have her for. It's like you know, it, it's it's the uh, thing with like the the newscaster and the earpiece where you just like okay. they seem really. Well, hold on, hold on, real quick. Hey, why let me check you with the truck. The answers over here. <laughs> Hey, let me check with the truck. Like when uh, John Anna couldn't think of a stat tonight. Exactly. I'll, I'll tell you in just one second, Paul Felder. Let me look at the lexicon. But yeah, sign it out, Zane. It's a single portion takeout or home packed <laughs> meal. That's what a pento. Oh, okay. So it's like a Lucy cigarette, kind of. Yeah, except for food. Right. A so Lucy, Lucy food sounds really weird. <laughs> Lucy food. Uh, Sagano dos Santos. What are we yeah. talking about? What's going on here? <laughs> all right, we're done. We're all. I, I, uh, you can find me on Twitter at these anytime. You can find Eddie on Twitter at the Eddie Mercado. You can find both of us over at bloodyelbow.com. We'll be back with the sixth round post fight show. That'll drop tomorrow. And uh, that's over on Bloody Elbow Presents on SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube, all that good stuff. So uh, tune in for that, and we'll see you all then. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Eddie see you will, later, Ricky. Catch up. I will see you. How's Father Life treating you? It's going really, really well. I've gotten some sleep lately. The guys. I was about to say, you look rested. You look well rested. Thanks a lot, dude. How's my shirt this time? Is it's it, very, very um, on point and on time. And uh, I feel inferior with my masculinity now. So I'm <laughs> no, going to go. I was just like, it looks like a dad shirt, you know? I don't know it's like, very daddish, but still stylish, you know? You could be on in a, like a Hanes catalog. Oh, dope. I like it. Thanks a lot, Not man. the underwear section, but like the. All right, I got to go for saying it's mad at me. <laughs> I see you, buddy. Uh, good All luck right, on the sixth round. Thank you, thank you. Okay, fight fans, for the rest of the show, I, Fly, and Brian J will just be guiding you through the rest of the fights that we didn't touch on during that portion where we had the guys from the sixth round on. And you in the comment section, Seven Things is here, Abandoned Reality, a World War One. Tim, Rob Amon is here with the, the axe cutting people, Adam Rose, Kelly Mendez, Oro USA, um, a, a toddle. I always forget how to say his name, but he'll he'll tell me how to do it. Anyway, you guys are my co-hosts for the rest of the show. Let's go down. Let's go down the line. Of course, in the main event of the evening, Junior Dos Santos Sagano TKO Derek the Black Beast Lewis in the second round, officially at one minute and fifty-eight seconds, I believe, into <clears throat> yes, into the round. Um, you know, Derek Lewis did his thing. He backed up. Ate some shots to the belly, threw big winging punches back, did a bunch of jumping switch kicks at, at Junior Dos Santos. None of it deterred Dos Santos from his game plan. He was going to jab the body, leg kick, and try to stay away from the big overhand rights of Lewis. He ate a couple of big rights, fell down on a couple of occasions, but ultimately a spinning heel to the liver. Spinning back kick got the heel to Derek Lewis's liver, which is what made him double over. And we talked about the the fake and hurt, but he was actually hurt. Then coming with the overhand right to Dos Santos, that's where that happened. And then in the the second round, it was um, you know kind of a, a pawing jab out there, distance fighting jab, and then kind of a slapping downward right straight. Kind of a had a weird trajectory on it. Slapped Derek Lewis right on the temple, and uh, that was basically all that she wrote uh, Rob Amon in the comment section says to give Junior Dos Santos to Francis the Predator and Ganu next that's what I tweeted I think that's what should happen the commentators John Anik and Paul Felder who by the way I think they did a fantastic fucking job on this fight card I love listening to Paul Felder 
uh, him and Dana Cormier, they bring a certain zest for life, a certain amount of positivity on top of knowledge to the to the booth that, that's a lot of fun. Um, they said that Dos Santos could get a title shot against Daniel Cormier next if it's not uh, Brock Lesnar. And this, to me, just highlights why is Stipe not fought lately? You know, I was thinking if, if Derek Lewis won, we'd give him, we'd force Stipe to fight him. Stipe wants a rematch, get in there and knock somebody else out, get a victory. And look at this, uh, Junior Dos Santos, he got knocked out by Stipe Miocic, Miocic um, May of 2017. Since then, has gone on a three-fight win streak against Bl- Blagoy Ivanov, who got a decision victory over Ben Rothwell, controversially tonight. Uh, TKO of Tai Tuivasa, and then Derek Lewis. Um, and he might get a title shot. I don't know, but I think JDS versus Ngannou would be a lot of fun. Tommy Tommy Richmond says Ponzinibbio versus Zaleski Dos Santos would be nasty. I fucking love the idea of that fight. A loser says Junior Dos Tacos. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I might have to get myself some tacos tomorrow. A toddle, I guess. And Gano versus Dos Santos for a vacant title once DC beats Brock Lesnar and retires. Fine with that. And World War One Tim says I don't understand why Lewis kicks as much. Like he trained with George Foreman when he was younger. Why doesn't he have more of a boxing style? Abandoned reality says who is next for Lewis? I think Lewis versus Overeem seems pretty reasonable. Rob Amos says Lewis needs to step down in competition. Um, so right now, Lewis versus Overeem, or um, Overeem is booked versus Alexander Volkov on April the twentieth. In uh, I think it's an overseas card, but anyway, so we've got Alexander Volkov booked against Overeem right now. If Overeem were to win that fight, sure you give him to Derek Lewis. But if Volkov wins, then you got an issue there with. Derek Lewis already just beat Alexander Volkov. In the heavyweight rankings, Derek Lewis is only behind... You know what I want? Derek Lewis versus Curtis Razorblades. I think that, that sounds pretty good. Big D and VIP. They told me last week right, that Big D and VIP. Oh, yeah, he spelled it out for me. What's up, buddy? Thanks for being here. Oh, or Derek Lewis versus Tai Tuivasa. That makes a lot of sense. Um... Casey Johnson, JDS versus Ngannou, and Lewis versus Kane. I had this thought, and it's I'll tell you in a second. As soon as Junior Santos won this fight, I was thinking, in 2019, how rickety Kane Velasquez was looking, or looked, on his way to the cage, in the cage, and everything against Ngannou. 2019, I think Junior Santos could defeat Cain Velasquez in a fourth fight. We're probably not going to book that fight, but it's just interesting to me. The career trajectories, uh, how much damage um, your body sustains, how many injuries you sustain, and everything that goes on in your career, how that could affect a future matchup and a rematch between a couple of guys. Similar to, this is off topic, but BJ Penn recently got scheduled to fight Clay Guida. And I was thinking instead of giving him Guida, you give him Diego the Nightmare Sanchez because that's a rematch of when Diego got a title shot against BJ Penn and BJ won that fight. Because I think in 2019, Diego Sanchez wins that fight. Bringing it back to this fight card, UFC Wichita, I think 2019, Junior Dos Santos would defeat Cain Velasquez. I do like that matchup, though, of uh, Velasquez versus Lewis. But, yeah, I would stick with um, Blades versus Lewis and uh, Ngannou versus Junior Dos Santos. 
What's up, Dylan420? What's up, paid programming? Abandoned Reality says, RIP BJ Penn. It's clear that Dana was friends with Chuck and is not friends with Penn. You know, actually, let's think about this. So BJ Penn's not getting matched up against killers. His last fight... Uh, fuck. Who, what's that guy's name? What? Tell me who the last guy that beat BJ Penn was. Ryan. Ryan. BJJ fucking wizard Ryan. Anyway... That guy's not going to knock out BJ Penn, you know? Ryan Hall. Okay, thank you, Eric Randall. Ryan Hall was never going to knock out BJ Penn. It's not likely that Clay Weed is going to knock out BJ Penn. You know, he's, he's a wrestler. He's a controller. Uh, the likelihood that he actually puts brain damage on BJ Penn is pretty minimal. So in that sense, BJ Penn is not getting fed to, like, heavy hitters and not being fed to the wolves. Maybe Dana White actually likes him. I don't think that he's just being, you know, sent out to slaughter. But let's continue down talking about this event that we just got done watching. Co-main event, of course, Elishu Zaleski Dos Santos uh, finished Curtis Millender with a rear naked choke in the first round. Um, there was a, an interview with Guillermo Cruz. I think it's Guillermo Cruz from MMA Fighting. He's a Portuguese. He, he speaks Portuguese. He corrected me on a translator thing. Um, anyway, he did an interview with Elishu. Eliju Zaleski Dos Santos, and Dos Santos said he thinks his easiest path to it, he's a mixed martial artist. He's not just in there to, to kickbox or do capoeira, capoeira, and he's going to look for the easiest path to victory, which would be to take down and get a submission. He said, I only have two submissions on my resume. I don't have one in the UFC. I think I can get one here. Got it. A title says uh, Eliju versus the winner of Thompson versus Pettis, or even the loser, because... He this was um, he asked for a fight in the top five. I think he absolutely deserves a fight in the top five, and and Thompson or Pettis would would be right there. But now that there's a fresh champion, Thompson could be looking at getting another title shot because he doesn't have to go through Tyron Woodley now. He's back in the title picture, you know, actually. And if Pettis beats him, he's in the title picture. So I think yeah, Mark Trim said matchup. Zaleski Dos Santos with Ponzinibbio and I, that was the, my initial reaction you, you shoot him up the rankings but not too high right now uh, Rob Amon says Zaleski versus the winner of uh, Leon Rocky Edwards and Gunnar Nelson understandable but that's like moving him laterally in the rankings with this he's on a 7 fight win streak he only has 1 loss in the UFC it was a split decision or a decision loss at least 3, three uh, finishes in a row Let's move him. Let's just like Johnny Walker. Let's send him straight to the top of the division and see if he can hang. You know, I think that'd be great. Uh, before that, Nico Price, Tim Means, Means was uh, getting a lot of like the two hundred nine Diaz brothers open handed slaps on Nico Price. He'd, he'd slap him with the, the the like his lead hand and then come with the left straight and was just lighting up Nico Price. And and in fact, before that. After Price had hurt Tim Means, Means got a body lock, got in there, got his hands clasped behind the lower back of Nico Price, got him up, got him to the ground. Um, and then from that moment, the, the momentum was purely on Tim Means' side, and he was getting those long straight shots in order. He would grab the lead hand of Nico Price, pull him in, get him with an elbow. And with 20 seconds to go in the first round, it looked like, no, it didn't look like it. 
Nico Price was definitely on roller skates. He was on wobbly legs, and it looked like Tim Means was coming in for the kill. And he just ate a huge right hand, a wide right from Price, and sent Kareem to the canvas. And uh, that was all she wrote. Really fun fight, uh, fun back and forth moments. We talked about with the guys from the sixth round that that could be fight of the night. And they said, I don't know what else you would give fight of the night. I would give five performance bonuses instead. So let's get into that right now, if we can, guys. Um, let's get into our post-fight bonuses, and then we'll go over the rest of the card. I know a lot of you guys want to talk about uh, the Ben Rothwell versus Blagoy Evenov decision. We'll get to that, but right now let's get to our performance bonuses. Um, I'm going to look at Twitter to find the official ones, but I think... In my opinion, you have to give a performance bonus to Eliju Zaleski Dos Santos. You got to give one to Junior Dos Santos. You got to give one to Nico Price. And then because on this show we, we give out five performance bonuses or one fight of the night and then three performance bonuses because we're not actually giving anybody any money at all, I would give a performance bonus to Alex Morono because in his fight against Zach Otto, uh, Otto went for a takedown. Morono locked in the guillotine choke, it, and he, he uh, got in so tight that he was on his back at first, rolled it over so he was on top of Zach Otto. It looked to me like Otto tapped, and at that point, Morono let go of the guillotine and then started working on ground and pound. I think it was revealed that there was no tap, actually. He was just grabbing the elbow of Morono to get out of the submission attempt, but then whatever. It was all elementary after that. Morono flattened Zach Otto out and got the TKO stoppage after that. When I was watching it live, it looked as though Morono got a submission win and then a TKO win in the same fucking round, in round number one. And if that doesn't deserve a post-fight bonus, I don't know what does. Plus, Morono walked to the octagon to Trivium Strife. He's a metalhead. He loves Viking metal and metal of all kinds. I'm a metalhead as well. Um... <clears throat> And tonight, there were not very many very good walkout songs. So that was a shining star. I'd give Morono a post-fight bonus. And then the fifth one for us, I would give uh, Matt Schnell a performance bonus for whooping the shit out of Luis Smolka. Schnell got a lot of combinations, like heavy strikes landed, punches and bunches on Smolka on the feet. I think Smolka got the fight to the ground, and off of his back, Schnell hit... There's no, Schnell went for a guillotine attempt. Looked like it could have been locked in. I saw him going for the high elbow, similar to what um, the assassin baby got on Louis Smolka. You know, Smolka's first loss in his uh, four-fight losing streak before getting cut from the UFC. But then he didn't get it. Smolka got out of that uh, by being really patient, got himself out of some danger. But then Schnell locked in the triangle choke. And I think it was an amazing performance. <coughs> and I, I would give him an extra $50,000 as well. Marcus McGay, he loves when uh, Morono walks out to Amon and Marth. I love Amon and Marth. The Way of Vikings is a fucking great song to lift weights to. But let's get back to your guys' post-fight bonuses. Um, let's see. Atadl says, fight of the night to Lewis and Dos Santos. Performances go to uh, Zaleski Dos Santos and Price. Rob, remind me, we're going to come back to your roster cuts in a second. Um, Tony Richmond performance bonuses to Lewis for wiping his eye on Herb Dean's shirt. That was a what the fuck moment. I, I didn't know you could do that, but uh, it was pretty awesome. What he's referring to 
is early on in the first round, Junior Dos Santos put his thumb in Derek Lewis's eye, and Dos Santos actually protested pretty hard, but you could clearly see on the replay that he put his, his left thumb in the right eye of Derek Lewis. As soon as it happened, Herb Dean came over to put us, you know, pause the action, check out the eye of Derek Lewis, and Derek grabbed the, the shirt the shirt sleeve of Herb Dean, the referee, and wiped his eye with it. I was like, ha, that's a fucking classic Derek Lewis moment. <laughs> it was pretty dope. Um, paid programming says Herb Dean's performance was pretty good. World War One. Tim says Julian Arosa, Dariush, and Dawson deserve a performance bonus. So... So Julian Arosa versus Grant Dawson. He's given fight of the night, I'm guessing. And uh, Dariush getting performance bonus for his submission victory over Drew Dober in round number two. Uh, loser says Smolka's going the Hen and Burrell route. Ooh, not good. Abandon reality says, who is next for Rocco Martin? I'm not sure. I was thinking Nico Price. They're in the same division, same card. They both got wins. Pretty good. Why not just do that? Um, okay, let's check out the real post-fight bonuses, and then we're going to talk about Blagoy Ivanov, uh, the decision win over Ben Rothwell. If we can find them, hold on, bear with me. Man, we, I don't think they're out yet. Okay, post-fight bonuses aren't out yet officially, it doesn't look like. If you guys see them, you let me know and we'll put them on the official program. Tyler Green says, do I think that Big Ben Rothwell got robbed? I. Thank you, Abandon Reality. I want to get back to BD's comment. I don't think that Ben Rothwell got robbed. Let's look at the stats. I didn't pay that close attention to the fight. It did seem that, you know, Rothwell walks forward with his hands all like this, like, whoa, 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 what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And then, like, fucking left hand hits Blagoy as Blagoy's circling to his right over and over and over again. It seemed like Ben Rothwell was landing with the harder punches the official stats have him uh landing more strikes uh at a lower percentage and he was the one that was moving forward while Blagoy Ivanov was moving you know laterally the entire time uh, let's look at the stats per round okay round one stats had a Blagoy landing one more strike than Ben Rothwell round two that was even 27 to 27 and round three Ben Rothwell 28 to 19 looking at that and thinking about how I really think Ben Rothwell was landing with the harder strikes I would lean giving the victory to Ben Rothwell however it wasn't that exciting of a fight if I'm being honest with you um, you know there were no ebbs or flows it started off Rothwell coming forward doing this shit Blagoy circling to his right and that's like what happened for 15 minutes. Uh, Marcus McGee says he thought Rothwell won, but close fight. Um, 
Haplo Group one says JDS for Singano next. Yes, yes, yes. Mark Trim, round three, Ben murked him. Both other rounds were so close, and Ben walked him down like 78% of the fight. He should won, but so close it wasn't a robbery. That was a Ben Rothwell fight. Yeah, that's what, Yes, exactly, Mark. It seems like I would think Ben Rothwell would have won, but it, it's, a, it's razor thin. The first two rounds could have gone either way. I mean, shit, round two, even on strikes. And then, you know, uh, Rothwell was bleeding quite a bit in round two, I believe. So... Javier Lafarga, Derek Lewis clearly felt a tap. Uh, Marcus McGahey enjoyed that heavyweight fight that we just talked about. Um, let's continue down down this card. If there's too much more to talk about, we covered most of it. Um, Drew Dober against Beniel Dariush. Dober came out, was landing big left hands on Dariush, and Dariush, you know, he's got not, he got knocked out by Alexander Hernandez. Um, he got knocked out by Edson Barboza, and it seemed like Drew Dober was going to be able to put Dariush out in the very first round, and I was hoping for it. I'm from Nebraska. Drew Dober's from Nebraska. Nothing against Dariush. It's just I'm a homer. Um, so, yeah. Dariush was able to survive the onslaught in the first round that Drew Dober was putting at him. And in the post-fight interview, even Dariush was like, hey, man, I was surprised that I was able to stay alert and awake after eating some of those strikes. I was really happy about it. He was just as um, stunned about his ability to endure the damage after those knockouts as we were, which is kind of nice. Kind of, He was really humble in the post-fight interview. And in fact, uh, they showed a lot of mutual respect after the fight was over. And Haplo Group says he couldn't believe um, that Drew Dober re-engaged in a grappling exchange in round number two after getting up from the takedown from Dariush. Not a very good idea, but in the past, Drew Dober has had success with his wrestling like he did against uh, Scott Hot Sauce Holtzman. And Drew Dober actually has um, a background in wrestling. He wrestled his uh, junior and senior year in high school. But anyway, second round, Dariush gets the takedown um, and kind of had his way with Dober in a sense. Uh, he went for the mount, but Dober was able to switch his hips out and get back to the half guard. It didn't really matter, though. Um, Dariush was able to get... He said he was in a Kimura series, I think, and then snagged a triangle armbar. Um, and when Dober tapped, Dariush, being a gentleman like he is, let go of it immediately, and Dober let out a pretty big scream because so his arm was hurting quite a bit. And Dariush said yes. He, was, he heard his elbow pop before... Um, Dober tapped, I believe is what he said. Rob Amon's roster cuts. Let's get to those. No, wait. Mark Trim says, what happened to the Beniel Daryush that walked James Vick down, knocked him out with an overhand right in like a minute? Professor Cush is getting blocked. Uh, I think that that Dariush left when he got uh, knocked out by Edson Barbosa, probably, and especially left when he got knocked out by Alexander Vol or Alexander Hernandez. Um, B Piper, I hope I you cash tonight, bro. So I sometimes put out parlays on my Twitter. You can follow me at Flying Brian J. And my parlay for this event was 
uh, Alex White at minus 140. Uh, Alex Morono at minus 170 parlayed with Anthony Rocco Martin at minus 210. Parlayed at plus 302. Put six units on that. Cash for 18.12 units. Ching-ching. But then I put two units on Tim the Barbarian Boach and lost. So I ended up plus 16.12 units on the night. But Rob Amon's got his roster cuts, and he thinks that... Um, the barbarian Tim Boat should retire. And I, I'm fine with that because I guess coming into this fight, in the pre-fight interviews that they do with John Anik and Paul Felder, Tim Boach was talking a lot about retirement. And he didn't seem to be able to pull the trigger too much tonight in his decision loss to Omar Yakhmadov. And um, Javier Lafarga, what happened with the Tim Boach fight? Tim, Tim pursued... Omari Akhmedov as Akhmedov uh, circled the cage. But whenever Boach would try to come in with the punches, Akhmedov would hit him and then retreat and be able to... He would hit and not get hit in return. In fact, there was a, a right straight, just the short right straight that got Boach on the nose, fucking crushed um, the bone part of his nose in. And that was basically... I mean, that's a lot of damage done, but that was the most significant strike in the whole fight. It was basically Omari circling... Uh, the barbarian pursuing and not being able to do much about it. So I think I'm I'm okay with Rob's idea of having Boach retire. And who should be cut? Dan Morit. So Dan Morit lost in the first fight of the night to Alex White. Um, he came out and he looked pretty decent. Um, at, at first he he hit White with some big shots, got in on takedown, uh, a little bit of ground control to Major Tom. But after that, he seemed to gas a little bit. He couldn't do a lot about it. I mean, he's now he's been in the UFC twice. He lost to Burns via knockout in the second round, and he lost via decision to Alex White. Perhaps we gave him a third shot, but you know, honestly, if if we cut him, what does it matter? You know. But uh, are you going to care about Dan Mort's next fight? Like, oh, shit. Dan Mort's got a fight booked? Oh, yeah. I want to watch that fight card for Shizzle, man. No, you're not going to care. So if they cut him, they cut him. But, you know, why not? Why not? Thanks, B-Piper. That's a, that's a long time. I did... I did. Uh, it used to be called Flying With Best Fight Picks. So you've been around a long time. Um, at least three years. Oh, wait. Let's, uh, let's continue down on this fight card. Well, I think, Rob, is that it for your roster cuts? Marcus McGahee is happy that Darius is, is going well. He always liked the guy. He's a very respectful guy. In the post-fight interview, he only thanked God, and he's a very humble guy. Um, got a kind of high voice, but other than that, he's a, he's a good dude. Uh... Yana Kuninskaya versus Mar Marion Renault. Marion Renault. First two rounds sucked. It was um, you know, like single strike kickboxing match at a distance. Sometimes they'd be in a clinch, and Kuninskaya was the the larger fighter and was able to control Renault a little better. She was the Kuninskaya was the more technical fighter, had had the better technique. It was more crisp with what she was doing. But Renault was the more tenacious, the feistier, 
woman in there. And in the third round, Renault showed that that tenacity and that feist. Um, walked Kunitskaya down and bloodied her up. I said that she looked like uh, Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger's, excuse me, rendition of the Joker. It's, her blood, her face was really fucking bloody. But Renault clearly only won the third round and then was surprised that she lost the decision. I mean, you can't lose the first two rounds clearly and then do a lot of damage in the third and expect to win. Rob says that Renault's a gatekeeper. I don't know how long she is for the sport. I mean, she's 41 years old. Um, and, you know, she was, it wasn't a war, but it was a pretty, pretty uh, damaging fight tonight with Kunitskaya. How much longer can she make it in the UFC being 41 years old against, like, Kunitskaya's 29, you know? Crazy. Before that, Grant Dawson versus Julian Arosa. Dawson took down Arosa pretty much with ease. But Arosa did a fucking amazing job getting back to his feet. Um, kicking Dawson off. We up kicking him once he had Dawson standing to, to get some space to get back to his feet. Throwing up submission attempts. Um, Regarding when, when Grant Dawson was, uh, you know, looking to improve his position. And I was impressed with Julian Arosa off of his back and being able to do that. Um, but Grant Dawson did a really good job. What was weird about that was Dawson was upset that he didn't get a finish afterward. And he and uh, his coach, James Krause, kept saying, hey, act like a fucking winner. That was a great performance. Act like a fucking winner. And he's like, yes, sir. And they were like, there was like some tension between Krause and Dawson for a bit. I mean, I get it that there's going to be a lot of um, testosterone and hormones going, uh, you know, a lot of shits going in through your mind adrenaline and all that jazz in the post fight but I just thought it was a little weird the exchange that he had with Krause I don't know the dynamic of their coaching scheme in fact Dawson said that he thinks James Krause is the best fucking coach in mixed martial arts right now which if true is insane because you know James Krause is currently competing that's uh yeah insane the post fight bonuses okay yes they are out now these are via bloodyelbow.com. The article's by Steffi Haynes. Performances of the night went to Nico Price and Benyel Dariush. And fight of the night went to the main event, Junior Dos Santos versus Derek the Black Beast Lewis. Interesting. I don't think... I don't... Um, yeah, there was some back... It was probably the most exciting thing of the night, maybe. I, I know... Tim, Tim Means versus Nico Price was more exciting. I think that should have got fight of the night and just give Dos Santos the 50000 and Benyel Dariush another, the other 50000 But Autodle says, Zaleski got snubbed? Yes, he did. Marcus McGay says, after that fight, Yana is a front runner for the Andre Arlovsky lookalike contest because she got her, her, her nose so fucked up. She got... Um, she got fucked up. Rob Amon says Tim Means should retire. Instead of that, how about we have him fight Anthony Rocco Martin? <laughs> so there we go. That I think that's... Um, let's just run through the rest of the results. Maurice Green defeated Jeff Hughes via split decision. It was a really, really boring low-level heavyweight fight that I didn't really pay attention to. We already talked about Matt Schnell defeating Louis Smolka. We already talked about Alex Morona versus Zach Otto. And we kind of touched on Alex White defeating Dan Moret via unanimous decision 29-28 across the board. In that fight, round number one, Moret got Alex White down. But after that, he was unable to get, ooh, Rob Amon says Means versus Barbarina. Fuck yeah, who wouldn't watch that? After Barbarina, 
that fight against uh, Vicente Luque, my God, who doesn't want to watch a Brian Barberina fight? Yes, absolutely fantastic idea, Rob. Um, but back to White versus Morat. Second round, Morat couldn't get the fight to the ground anymore. Um, Alex White was doing a really good job on getting underhooks, switching the fight to be in his favor with Moritz back on the cage and White looking for the takedown attempts and at a distance White was landing with a lot of power and seemed to hurt Moritz with every single shot that he landed it was a clear 29-28 in my mind that's what it ended up being and it was pretty decent overall what I want you guys to do if you can please do this give the video a thumbs up it would mean a lot to me Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. My goal for thumbs up is 50 on this video. But after I sign out, once the, the comment section is open and not just the live chat, tell me what post-fight rating 1 to 10 you would give this entire night of fights. I said coming into like Blagoy versus Ben Rothwell, I would give it a 2 out of 10. Not really fucking good. But the last three fights turned out to be phenomenal. They were all finishes. They all had some ebb. They all had some flow. They had some fun post-fight interviews. Um, Elijah Zaleski Dos Santos is one handsome son of a gun. There was um, some controversy with the Blagoy Ivanov versus Ben Rothwell thing. But overall, I'd go with a four and a half. It was still a below average fight card. And, and that's that. But yeah, guys, if you could come back when the live chat's gone and the comment section is actually here, tell me what post-fight rating you would give there. Rob gives it a three. Paid programming gives it a three. But again, please put it in the comment section. You can subscribe to the audio-only version of this if you just search for Fly and Brian Show wherever you get your podcast or search for Bloody Elbow Presents. And there's, there's this show along with a bevy of other uh, very well-put-together podcasts presented of course by bloodyelbow.com my name's flying brian j follow me on twitter at flying brian j follow me on facebook at flying brian show i got an untapped because i drink a lot of craft beer and i'll be back uh, very soon for a top three fights to watch for ufc fight night till versus masvidal which is ufc on espn plus five or espn fight night 147 the main event, Till versus Masvidal. Co-main event, Leon Edwards versus Gunnar Nelson. We've got Volkan Uzdemir versus Dominic Reyes. And until then, I hope you have a safe night. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday because we actually have some time to maybe spend with our families because the fight card got over so early. And I appreciate you. Namaste. Namaste, namaste. Appreciate you.